You're listening to Boudoir Therapy, hosted by Darlene Wong. I fly over oceans in my sleep. Join me in my private boudoir where I raise the volume in the presence of coveted, feminine, and empowering business women I call the queens. I can't we just be? You are not living life if you are not living your inner art. This lady really knows how to help you in terms of your body. Jillian, could you please introduce yourself and let us know what is your inner art? I am a masochinesotherapist, so I'm a massage therapist, and I specialize in kinesotherapy, which is a study of movement and how I can apply manual therapy once I understand how somebody might be moving in a way that's not optimal for them and creating pain and restrictions and other things that they want to do away with. I transitioned into massage therapy 10 years ago after I was laid off uh, from my previous job as a research scientist at a pharmaceutical company here in Montreal. And uh, I actually was a scientist for 23 years before that. So I'm a, I'm a wow. biologist. It seems like quite a big leap to change and uh, do this now. Uh, but I actually still use a lot of my old skills because there's a lot of troubleshooting involved in being a manual therapist the way I do it. Yeah, and I love what I do. I find it fascinating. I love to be able to help people and see the immediate results. And how would you describe what your inner art is, your passion? I mean, even if you found some, you know, some meaning or some transition that kind of balances your scientific side to your manual therapy, how would you describe your inner art? It's, it's funny because a lot of people have said the same kinds of things and that leads me to believe it must be true that I have this talent that I didn't really realize I had. I guess when you have something, you don't notice it so much because it seems natural, but a lot of people have told me that my, my true talent is the fact that I am able to listen to people and really tune into them and intuitively know what's going on and how to approach the situation. And I also find that I really put people at ease very easily. They, they seem to trust me. Uh, I don't know if it's my demeanor, the way I talk, but uh, they all, a lot of people have told me the same thing, that they feel comfortable with me and they feel they can trust me. And uh, that's, you know, that's the first thing. If you, if you trust your therapist, things will happen a lot more rapidly. Especially uh, if, you're, if you're really touching people you know, on their skin, which not everyone is comfortable doing at first, I, I would imagine. Absolutely. And that's part of it too, you know, to be able to judge that sometimes just from their body language, you know, okay, these people are not used to this. They're not necessarily as comfortable. And I have different ways of working you know, with people that are less comfortable with skin on skin contact. Mm -hmm. I don't need that. I can do a lot of stuff through pressure on clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I do a lot of mobilizations, you know, a little bit stretching, which can be easily done if you've got uh, yoga pants on and a t-shirt. So it doesn't have to be as invasive for people right. who are less comfortable with the idea. Right. And I've had the opportunity to uh, get a Thai massage also from you. Yes. 
Yes, and yes, that also you keep your clothing on. Okay. And I, that's, that's, that's my first uh, approach that I learned 10 years ago, and I still use it all the time. Even when I'm doing a regular massage, I will use all sorts of things that I learned in uh, my Thai massage. So I think you've already answered what your super royal power is, actually. <laughs> I think from what I just heard, you have the ability to tune into people because of your intuitive skills. And yeah, and I think yeah, I, I would say so. I know you a little bit more. We've known each other through Toastmasters and then you did massage therapy on me. And then we always meet up at someone's home for food. <laughs> but the part of intuition is really hard, I find, for many people to tune into. And especially when you're, you're running your own show, your own business, it all depends on how you feel about things that is going to unravel the way you want it to. Was there, were you always intuitive or was, is this something that you learned to develop or you, like you said, you didn't even know you had it. It was other people that said, hey, this is who you are and you're very good at it. Well, it's part of all of that. I know that I've always been somebody that people have been comfortable talking to even before I was doing this. I'm a very open person, so I don't judge people. I know that I've never judged people. It's my background. My parents are always very open to the different types of people. And I think that might be part of it is that I don't, after I got laid off and I transitioned into this, then I started tuning into that more because it helped me remove a lot of the stress that was probably mm. um, creating a lot of background noise. So I wasn't actually to, able to tune into it, tune into it as well as I can now. And now that I don't have that level of stress that I used to have, and also because I've been doing a lot of meditation, a lot more yoga, and a lot of other things to help me quiet my mind and just actually really accept that things are just going to come to me instead of trying to force a solution. And that's, that's a bit of a balance too, because my scientific brain wants to understand and read the data on why something should be working. Right. But on the other hand, most of what I do is not scientifically um, proven or studied because it's just too difficult to. So I have to lean a lot on my intuition and a little bit on the science to have some sort of like logical foundation for what I'm doing. Right. So, so I, I guess my answer, I don't know, I went off on a tangent, but I guess my answer is I always had it, but I've been able to develop it more deeply. Mm. You mentioned there that you had this transition because you were laid off from a job, your career that you've been in for over 20 years. Was it that that gave you the stress? Was it that that ended up pushing you to find more um, within, more of that intuition? Um, there was definitely a lot of stress near the end. Uh, not just for me, everybody at work was very stressed because it was a period of a lot of layoffs. Mm. There'd been a series of layoffs. So everybody sort of was watching their back, caused me to build up a lot of stress for sure. When people are feeling really fearful, they're scared. And I guess in that moment in time when you knew that there were, there were people being laid off, and this is something that you've been, you know, dedicating a good chunk of your life to, well, tomorrow you may no longer be here. So there's probably all these hundreds of thoughts going in your head and, um, you know, the guilt, the doubt, the fear come in. And how did you transition from all those voices to saying, you know what, I'm going to transition to being a manual therapist and I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to listen to me and I'm going to depend on me because mm -hmm. it's not, I'm sure it's not that simple. No. And it was an evolution for sure. 
Okay. Um, when I first got laid off, I decided to uh, do this Thai yoga massage course because it was something, literally, it was so completely opposite from what I'd been doing before in science. And because I love to do yoga, I thought this seems like an interesting way to combine doing something for other people. And it's yoga, same time for the so other person. The so it was the first one that you tried out? The first certificate yes. you got was Thai yoga? Absolutely. Oh my God. And, um, the course, yeah, and the course was set out so that there were like six levels, 30 hours per level. So it was very easy to say, I'm just taking this level. It's going to be fun. And then after that, I started getting hooked. I wanted to do the second level <laughs> and the third and the fourth. And before you knew it, I had done all six levels. And then I threw myself into the other courses like anatomy and physiology that came with it and, and uh, there's this social um, um, courses that went with it as well so that I would have the full package and I you know it was only after that, that I said well you know let's see what comes of it let me try to do something with this and uh, of course with each level you have to practice on people so I got used to the idea of touching a lot of people that were not part of my family or my friends because <laughs> that also was kind of weird for well for me it was very weird at the beginning to be touching you know what it must be it must be actually I've never spoken to um, someone in the massage industry and asked them how does it feel to touch a different person all the time <laughs> yeah it was definitely very weird at the beginning but uh, the, the Thai massage course that I took they really emphasized you know centering yourself and you know bringing in good energy and uh focusing on helping the other person and all of that helped me to sort of say yeah i'm i'm touching them to help them it became easier and easier with time and also my sense of touch developed a lot over time and then that really became interesting as well because i could start feeling the tension whereas mm -hmm. at the beginning you don't really feel the tension very much because you're not your hands are not developed to, to feel those kinds of sensations wow you know, I had no idea that you were a scientist before. I would have never thought either. I mean, you ha you do have a healing touch. I have to come and see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I'd love to see you. Yeah, I need it. I need it. You know, it's interesting to have you as a guest because you've gone from one extreme to the other. I've ha I have a lot of friends and colleagues that are very supportive of what I do, especially I think I think back to my friends because they knew me as a scientist. My colleagues never did, but my friends have been super supportive right from the beginning, always, you know, helping me out to find people to practice on and just encouraging me saying, oh, this is such a natural thing for you to do. You're so good. And just encouraging me a lot and wow, also that's special it is yeah. it is and uh you know i'm very lucky to have them and some of them actually happen to be in a position where they could actually help me uh in my career wow how so they opened a lot of doors for me some of them and and uh, so i'm so grateful for imagine. them imagine yeah <laughs> wow so so most of your yes go on yeah, the colleagues that I've met since um, and got friendly with since I started with this, they've also opened all kinds of doors for me. So I and and I consider them my friends as well. So they're my newer friends. Mm -hmm. but yeah, they're they're definitely me, 
definitely the ones that are my main support system in uh, in all of this. Not so just the massage, but also the other parts that go with it, the marketing, the website, and all this other stuff that goes <laughs> with having your own, uh, basically your own company in some way. Yes, it is. So you're saying your newer friends were your best supporters in this journey? Uh, well, some of them were. Some of my older friends were also very good supporters, but I you know, the, the one that my newer friends that I've met have been in the field or related fields for a lot longer than me. So they were, able I was to, going to, I was uh, going to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause it's easier when you are able to share what you're doing or feeling when you're with like-minded people. So that's why I, I would have mm. imagined when you said, oh, it's your, your newer friends, you got newer friends, you know, that really helped you and encouraged mm. you through this process. I was wondering, they must know something about this industry. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Wow. And when did you have this like aha discovery moment where you said, oh, yes, I am Jillian Gregg and I do manual therapy? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Aha moment. It, it was like in the last three or four years that I really felt, yeah. At the beginning, it takes a long time to build up a client base to have some regular income and have regular regular number uh, number of hours to call it regular that anything. You're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So over the last three four years, that's really when it really happened because I had the skills, I had been in the business long enough that people start to get to know me. And now I have some people that have been with me for uh, seven, eight years. And it's really nice to, to know that they're still coming to see me after all this time. And they discovered me as a manual therapist, and they're still coming to see me after all this time. And that feels really good, too, because you know that you've got their confidence in you. Yes, you don't have to work on trying to sell yourself or you don't feel any doubt when you perform on them. So it must feel really, your clients end up becoming your support as well too. Yes, they do. Actually, that's a very good comment, especially when they walk in and they say, you know, I feel so much better since last time and you see that you're empowering them. And that's really encouraging too. Jillian, can you tell us what are the different certificates that you have? Which one is your favorite out of all of them? Okay, wow. That's a, I've got a long list of them because I, I know. Every year. <laughs> 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 I guess the main ones, well, my Thai massage certificate, and I got accredited with the uh, FQM, Fédération des Massothérapeutes de Québec, with that one. So I can give receipts for insurance purposes right from the beginning. Okay. I, I still love that approach. It's just so zen. It's so meditative for me too. And it's very flowing. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I really love that one. I, I, I did Swedish massage, but I don't really do that very much. But I, I regret taking that because that's really important for me to develop more skin-on-skin -skin kind of approaches. After that, I, I took deep tissue. I took fascia therapy. I've got a lot of fascia therapy um, mm. approaches. Uh, myofascial therapy approaches. I have something called dermoneuromodulating, which is very related to fascia therapy, but it's really the focus is more on liberating the nerves in the skin to help things function more efficiently. Wow. What else? Well, I have a lot of theoretical courses that I've taken. I've taken the neurology courses and uh, 
anatomy and physiology courses and uh, other things to complement. Oh, and of course, the big one, I can't believe I forgot that one. <laughs> Go, say <laughs> it. It's a therapy Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a really important one for me. Jillian, do you own a queen's chair at home? I, you know what? I, 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 you have such beautiful queen chairs. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I have an um, ottoman that I find very, very comfortable. Not yeah. nearly as beautiful as your chairs, but it's very comfortable and it's made out of leather and it's big and I love to curl up into it. So I guess that's my queen chair. Fantastic. Of course, at, work, at work, I have my yoga ball. My yes, that's true. <laughs> that would be my work queen chair. <laughs> that's a good one. My last question for you, what do you deserve from life and how will you make that happen in 2019? What I deserve from life, happiness, peace, and health. When I started in this career, my first objective was to do something that was going to be healthy for me. And along the way, I got so busy with taking courses and, and just improving myself. Some of that sort of went by the wayside. And this year, I've gotten really serious about the, um, the self-improvement in terms of healthy eating. Although uh, this year, I want to really make that an even higher priority. I started doing a lot more exercise. Those are things that I'm really wanting to focus on this year. Jillian, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, well, I was very curious because uh, I know that for me, uh, this was my second career and I had my own personal reasons for deciding to do this. And I'm just curious because a lot of people, they, 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 they start working for themselves after they've worked for somebody else and done something else. I'm just curious about what, was uh, the catalyst that made you decide to do what you're doing? I don't know if there was a catalyst, but I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I graduated from interior design in 2004, and I started freelancing right after. I just asked my teacher, how do I do it, and what do I charge? And she gave me a little bit of feedback, and I started doing just color consultations for people's homes. And I would do that during the weekends, because during the week, I got a job at a design firm. I realized that all the work and effort that I would put into my designs wasn't really being recognized by me. It's always you know, the firm, the, the top guy, the president who ends up taking full credit for it. With time, I realized also that I just make more money doing it on my own, on my own schedule with my own clients than working five days a week for someone who is not really going to pay any attention. So I went back to literally myself and I'm part Chinese, part Dominican. I said, my designs are going to be very Asian influenced because they always have been. And I'm always going to have a bit of that tropical side as well. And I'm going to stick to the languages that I can communicate in. So the English, French, Spanish, and Mandarin. Wow, that's, 
that's very interesting. I didn't know all of that. I knew parts of that, but I didn't know all of that. Ah. But it makes so much sense. And I can just see, I can imagine the frustration of having somebody else take credit for your work. I mean, it's happened mm -hmm. to me in the past too. And it's just, uh, you know that you're good. And I know that you're really good too. So I can Thank see. you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're so talented. Your stuff is so beautiful. I fly over oceans in my sleep. If you enjoyed the voice of Boudoir Therapy, please leave your review on iTunes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And every Tuesday is Social Tuesday. I'll be active on social media if you have any questions. And don't forget the full moon special. Listen in a little bit closer to my story. Want to personalize your boudoir therapy experience? Visit www.darlenewong.com under DW Boutique to purchase your copy of Boudoir Therapy, a self-deserving journal made by me just for you. And never, never stop living your inner art. Because you deserve it. I'm sorry, this is like a call coming. I'm going to have to decline it. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. <laughs> That's so, why okay. we can we can do lots of cuts here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my phone's nowhere near me. I guess I should put it on. A, I'll put my phone on um, airplane mode. <laughs> yeah. That's what I even did with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't even want it to um, I don't even want it to ring on my computer because when I'm in office, the uh, same thing happens. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so, all right. Yeah, so I'll start over. Yes. Okay. Take three. So, um, I, that's a great community for me. I, I love my Toastmasters group, and that's actually been a really important way for me to develop personally through uh, being there every week and, and giving speeches and taking on important roles at the Toastmasters. It's, it's been a great forum or, and a great platform for me to improve my communication skills and my presentation skills. And in fact, it's been helpful for me when I give my anatomy work Workshops. I feel like I'm a lot more confident being in front of people explaining things. And also, I, I didn't mention it, but I also give workshops once in a while. And then, too, at the beginning of my workshops, it's nice to have a little bit of a little story. And I develop speeches at Toastmasters. I practice them at Toastmasters. And then I can take them and use them in my workshops or at the beginning of my anatomy courses. So I have something interesting to tell people. So that's been a really, really good uh, uh, resource for me. And um, I have other, you know, I, I, I guess that's the main one. Well, I also I, know, I want you to tell us also what your position is at Point Claire Toastmasters. Oh, yes. Well, I'm Sar Sergeant at Arms this year. Thank you. <laughs> every, every week I stand up there in front of the uh, 25 to 30 people and uh, introduce myself and start talking about, you know, the meeting. And so that's also that repeated exposure of being in front of a crowd every week has also been 
very helpful to build my confidence in front of a public. Wow. Wow. So you were all about self-improvement and every aspect of it. I am all about self-improvement. That is and I didn't really inspirational. It, but, uh, the, yeah, I, I didn't mention it, but I, 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 I realized also that I'm a part of a choir. And a lot oh, of... Oh, you just forgot that part, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot about that part. 